in today's show. Let's recap a pretty busy Sunday with games and news and lots of interesting stuff going down in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We also have shows for whatever your team is in the NBA. We've got a Locked On show to cover that, as well as NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, college sports, so many locked-on shows for you. It's a busy day in the NBA. There were seven games on. That's not too busy. But news all over the shop, lots of interesting developments. We're going to do Watfo. We're going to do uh, I Request Elaboration in today's show as well on a particular point guard from the Philadelphia 76ers. So that's going to be pretty interesting. So let's not muck around. Let's get straight into the news of the day. And uh, DeAndre Hunter is out for eight weeks. I know oh, I just see my formatting on that graphic and that's annoying me. I'm going to have to change that. Yeah, that's better. That graphic looks much better. DeAndre Hunter is out for eight weeks. He has to undergo surgery on his wrist to repair a tendon issue. He was already a drop in 12-team leagues. If you hadn't dropped him already, I don't know. you got no excuse now. He is a clear, clear drop. And that makes Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter, a 12-team ad. He will start. He will play 30-plus minutes. It strengthens Bogdan Bogdanovich's role a little bit. It means Cam Reddish pushes back up. Now, I don't think Reddish is a 12-team league ad. He's struggling quite a bit at the moment. He's more of a 14-team league guy, whereas prior to that, he was probably a 16-team league guy. But Herder moves into 12-team. It strengthens Bogdanovich in the 12 teams, and it pushes Reddish probably as a 14-team league ad. Bradley Beal is out again on Monday for personal reasons. Uh, that means streaming value there maybe for an Aaron Holiday. Uh, Kyle Kuzma gets a temporary bump in his uh, his production as well, but it is an 11-game day, but it is important to note that Beal is out. We don't really have an update on Jimmy Butler's ankle. He's missed the last two. He's questionable again for Monday. We hope that it's not going to be too long, but we know that Butler's had some significant ankle injuries in the past, and he always seems to miss games, so hopefully he returns pretty quickly. Chris Middleton, in some positive news, he is likely back on Wednesday after his COVID diagnosis. No update on uh, Brooke Lopez as to when he's coming back, but it looks like Middleton will return. That will have an impact on Pat Connaughton and some sort of an impact on Grayson Allen as well. And lastly, Michael Porter Jr., your mate, Dr. Michael Malone, um, has said that, uh, again, for the foreseeable future, Porter's out. Now, we don't know. We don't have any idea how far into the future that Malone can see. Because last time he said that, Porter appeared on the injury report as questionable. Of course, Porter hasn't played since then, but we don't know exactly how long he is going to be um, sidelined for. I would assume, I would safely assume that Porter won't play in week five. Maybe I'm wrong with that, but that would be my assumption. Um, MRI apparently came back clean, but we still don't know. Uh, how long Michael Porter or Maga Porter Jr. is going to be sidelined, which of course is uh, not great when we're trying to figure out where the value lies uh, on that team. I request elaboration. All right, it's time to look at Tyrese Maxey, the Philadelphia 76ers starting point guard. 
Maxi has been ridiculous. Over the last two weeks, he's the 33rd ranked player. 44th in points leagues, averaging 36 fantasy points. Averaging almost 20 points per game with over five assists, one steal, but playing 40 minutes. So there's a big thing to look at here. Those numbers are great. 33rd ranked player is awesome. 40 minutes has zero chance of sustaining, as does 48% from three. So he's shooting 53 from the field, 48 from the three, and 84 from the free throw line over those last two weeks. He's the 49th ranked player over the course of the season, playing 36 minutes a night. He's doing that on under 20% usage because, again, the shooting numbers for him have been ludicrously good. Now, remember the last three games or so, we've been, last four games, in fact, no Joel Embiid. But his last six games have been 45, 44, 39, 39, 40, and 43 minutes. The last three games have been insane. 31 points on 50%, 33 points on 63%, and 24 points on 67%. It is a gigantic, massive, absolute standing out like dog's balls. Sell high for Tyrese Maxey. I still think he can be solid. I don't think he can remain a top 50 player. And some of the advanced stats will tell us that. He's been great. I loved him in the draft. I thought it was an absolute steal when they got him. But what he's doing now... And those current shooting numbers, they're just not going to maintain. He's actually eighth on this team in Raptor. In Raptor total and Raptor war. He's eighth. The only players in the regular rotation worse than him are Shake Milton and Tobias Harris, weirdly enough. He's worse than Drummond, Thibault, Embiid, Nyang, Korkmaz, Green, Curry. He's got a negative one Raptor, mainly because his defense is so bad. Offensively, he's equal second on this team in Raptor, but his defense is uh, graded out pretty poorly. And his Raptor war is way down the bottom as well. And that's not an encouraging sign. He's seventh in on-off on this team as a negative 5.8. That's 35th percentile in the NBA. He's 76th percentile in EPM. EPM has just put out, that's estimated plus minus. They have just put out their 2022 numbers. So that's a positive, and that's a big increase from where he was last year. And their metrics are actually liking him a lot more than what Raptor does. But he's, again, he's true shooting at 62%. It's going to be hard to stick. 64% at the rim, maybe that's going to be hard. 41% on threes, that might be hard to maintain. But what he has been able to do is really, really improve his value over this last week or two without Embiid as his uh, EPM and his effective field goal has actually risen in that time frame, which is very, very um, impressive to see. He's not shooting, he's not doing it on the basis of um, yeah, extraordinarily good mid-range shooting. So that's encouraging, meaning there is some level of being able to maintain what he's doing. He's doing it at attempts at the rim, which is getting to the rim a ton. And he's also making those shots at the rim at a really high rate. And that's that's important to note as well, that he is um, hitting those shots. Like he's getting to the rim um, at, what, let's have a look here, 76 percentile in attempts at the rim, which is really, really impressive for a guard, a second-year guard. So there is some encouragement there. But a lot of the advanced stuff's not loving him. Like EPM's probably the most encouraging. Darko DPM's got him at 234th, but his improvement this year has him 85th. He's changed from the beginning of the season to now, so he has improved quite a lot. But there is a lot of indicators here to me that would suggest that there is going to be a drop-off in some of his shooting numbers, the three-point shooting, the minutes um, when Embiid comes back. So while he's been super encouraging, there is a realistic possibility that he falls back back outside the top 100 over the next three weeks. So look at it. Enjoy it. We hope it continues. But those minutes, that shooting split, that all ties into unsustainability. 
and tying it in with some of the advanced stuff, which doesn't look at him as positively, I think is um, is worth looking at. Now he has again he has cut down on his mid ranges this season and improved his uh, shot attempts at the rim, which is very, very encouraging. We want him to take some more threes because he is right down the bottom in terms of percentile of shots from three. But last year, he was in the fifth percentile from shots from three. He's 15th this year. So it's improving, but you need him to take way more from out there. So that is something to watch for with um, with, with him um, in terms of production. But not um, great but some not-so-positive indicators for him to maintain this level is, is probably the best way to phrase that. It's time for us to look at Watfo now. This one comes thank you to Aaron Lenecht, who is a big contributor always in the chats and always in the comments. He says, what are the odds that Robert Covington finishes in the top 100? I did this before today's game, and I said 33%. I'm going to drop it down. I, I'm not, I'm not going to officially drop it down because I've put this up and I've stuck it into the spreadsheet. If I had to do it again now... It's 20%. I, I don't think he's getting there, to be honest. Um, he's he's struggling. He looks cooked. Nasir Little's out playing him. Nance is another option to use there. I just don't see that there's any way that Bob Covington finish this, finishes this season as a top 100 player. He's not a top 100 player now, and, and I, don't really, um, I don't really see him getting to that level, unfortunately. But what I do see getting to the absolute elite level, and that is price picks. Price picks is NBA DFS made easy. Instead of you know, playing against other people, you're playing just against the predictions. It is the best NBA DFS prop provider on the market. It's not just the superstars. It's also the bench guys getting a couple of minutes per game that you can use. And whatever prop you can think of, points and threes and blocks and rebounds and assists, you can chuck them all together. Get four to five different prop over-unders. It's you against the predictions. Chuck them into a lineup and you can get up to 10 times your entry back. And go and sign up using the promo code NBA, and you can get a 100% match deposit bonus up to 100 bucks when you sign up. It's awesome. The entries are easy. They can be done in under 60 seconds, and withdrawals are safe and fast. So go to prizepicks.com, use the promo code NBA, or download the app from your app store. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. You might recognize this problem. You've got your live sports you watch on one device. You've got your other on-demand shows you watch somewhere else. Highlights go on your phone, and then you've got your neighbor's login for the other good stuff. It's just a schmozzle. There's so much stuff all over the place. I want to tell you about, about a way you can get your all your entertainment you love in one place and finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. No more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the confusion and the clutter and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can find out more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Okay, so let's move straight on to the game recaps now. We're not going to do ads and drops because we did that in the waiver Wire show earlier today. The first game of the day was the San Antonio Spurs. They lost to the Los Angeles Lakers 114-106. DeJounte Murray was excellent again. 38 minutes, 22, 10, and 10, three steals and a block. He's been one of the breakout stars of this year. We did him on elaboration last week, and most of the indicators are really positive for him moving forward, which is encouraging. It was a big game from Calden Johnson. Awesome stuff. 24 points. 18 of those did come in the first half. But in true Calden Johnson style, there were no steals and blocks. And that's being unfair to the bloke because he did he has had an increase in steals this year. 24 points, six triples, no free throw attempts, um, six rebounds and two assists. So it came on the back of some really good shooting, 67% from three. He was six of nine. 
he's fine if you want the points boost in a 12-team league. I would use this to try and sell high on him because, again, the overall production does lack and it did require some insane shooting to get here. And I think before this game, he was shooting 29% from three. So to say it's an outlier would be a bit of an understatement. I don't think you can leave Devin Vassell anywhere on any waiver wire. 19 points, 30 minutes, four triples, seven rebounds. 55% shooting. He's continuing to trend up. He can't be... Look, we said when the Pirtle news first came down, in fact, I think when the McDermott news came down that we go and add Vassell and see where it goes. And it's just getting better and better. He's now 108th on the season. He's 91st over the last two weeks. And that's just 27 minutes a night. If he finds a 31-minute roll, which he's not quite there, yeah, he will smash the top 100. I really like what he's doing. I don't like what Derek White's doing. Maximum Derek. He continues to shoot horribly. Now, if we want to, if we want to get the good stuff out of the way, five assists and two steals is fine. It's really good. But he didn't close the game. Vassell did. The usage remains low. The percentages remain abysmal. Now, there's three, four percentage point increase in field goals. Easy he can get from 38 to 42. He's like 10 percentage points under his free throw rate. Right, that can go back up. But will he actually get enough minutes to do it? He's still really positive in their advanced metrics, so I am still holding. But it is absolutely not trending in the right direction, and that worries me a bit. Drew Eubanks, drop him. They've only got two games this week. Two points, five rebounds, five assists. Pert will be back. You can drop him. Thad Young, I consider dropping. 17-9 and nine in 26 minutes. What is his role when Pertle returns? He should be playing, but he wasn't. So I don't know where he fits in. Um, he is worth holding. The two games does make it a little bit tough. And if you do need that empty spot, I would drop him, say, over Derek White at, at this point as I knock off uh, my coffee from where I'm uh, recording. Never great to knock your coffee out. Not my real coffee, just my coffee statue. Um, for the Lakers, Taylor Horton Tucker started his first game of the season. 17 points, four rebounds, a triple one. Yes, LeBron James was out. That is very important to note. But when LeBron is back, I don't know when that'll be. Probably this week, but we're not sure. Yeah, Horton Tucker might move to the bench. But I think when we're looking at 12-team upside guys, there's, he's a 12-team upside guy. Take a flyer, see what happens. Bazemore's been shithouse. Bradley's been shithouse. Malik Monk's been up and down. Rondo's been shithouse. Like there's, there's a role there for him to play 26 minutes a night at least. He's a grab. Westbrook had 14 points with 11 rebounds and 7 assists, while Davis had 34, 15, 6 with 2 steals and a block. And Anthony Davis is the 10th ranked player now over the last 2 weeks. The Duke Wayne Ellington, if you need 3-pointers, this dude's getting them. 15 points with 5 threes. He's not for everybody, but the minutes are way up there with Bazemore and Jordan out of the rotation. Ellington's got some uh, got some juice. While Carmelo Anthony started, he had 15 points in 30 minutes, and we are seeing him start to drop away now. He still shot well. But the defensive stats, which had been at career-high levels, have fallen off. No steals or no blocks here. He's a hold. He's a sell high. But I don't think he's going to remain as a 12-team league guy as the season goes on. Let's move on to the second game of the day. And that was the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks smash them in the end. 120 to 100. Um, Drew Holiday was good. 19 points, 8 assists, 2 steals, and a block. While Grayson Allen continued his strong run. 61st-ranked player over the last two weeks. 18 points with four threes. Now, Chris Middleton will return in their next game, it looks like. Um, and we know at some point, DiVincenzo will, will come back. And he's going to knock off uh, Allen's value. I would try and sell high on him if it's possible, but he is playing at a very high level. Punch Bob had 11 and 8 in 32 minutes. He's a must-roster player, while Paddy Connaughton had 32 minutes for 11 points. Connaughton's producing 12-team value. It will not last, I don't believe. Again, he's going to be the victim of having Middleton come back. 
So, yeah, stream him if you want, but no real point in holding. Well, Giannis, um, yeah, Giannis, mate, my guy. Giannis, and he took 43% on 21 attempts is bad, especially for Giannis. Nine or seven of 12 from the free throw line, 58% is atrocious. 26, 5, and 6 is good counting stats. A triple one is fine. But man, those uh, those counting stats, also those percentages, that's dreadful. He's the 42nd ranked player over the last two weeks because of he's had some bad percentage nights over that time frame. That's not ideal. Not much else going on with that Bucks team, but onto the Hawks. Trey Young, 32 minutes, 42 points, eight triples, 10 assists, 62% shooting. He's now up to being the eighth ranked player this season. Really, really good stuff for him. Um, super impressive to see him putting up um, some really, really good numbers in this game. Well, Capella looks better too. 12 and 13 in 32 minutes, and the Baptist had 19 and 6 in 31. We talked about it already, but Fanta Pants played 33 minutes with DeAndre Hunter out. Kevin Herter, 11 and 6. Now, that's an uninspiring line for sure. But again, the minutes is what I'm looking at, and that is worthy of a 12-team league roster spot. Well, Bogdanovich had six points. That's a real fart noise Well, for 30 minutes. Well, Reddish played only 17 minutes. He did have a leg contusion, so went to the locker room, but was able to return. But Reddish is outside the top 200 over the last two weeks, and I don't really look at him as a 12-team league ad, even with the Hunter injury, as I already mentioned. 26 minutes for the Italian cock in this game. Hands off my cock! Gallinari had 10 points in 26 minutes with two threes, but not much else. And he's only really just a deeper league player at this point in his career. The Oklahoma City Thunder fall to the Brooklyn Nets. The game was probably a little bit closer than that final scoreline will leave you to believe. The uh, Thunder got within 10 with about five minutes left. The Nets end up winning at 120-96. Durant was great, 33-8-4. Well, Jim Harden, 16 points on 13 shots is rough. But he had six rebounds, 13 assists, and three steals to maintain good value. He's the fifth-ranked player over the last two weeks, despite some shaky shooting nights. Joe Harris went down with an ankle injury. He played 14 minutes. He's a, he's a droppable player. You shouldn't have him in 12-team leagues. That meant that Paddy Mills had an opportunity to go bananas. Now, don't overreact to this from Mills. 31 minutes is great. 29 points is excellent. Nine threes is astounding. It was on 63% shooting, including 75% from three. He had zero rebounds and one assist. He can be a great streamer for 12-team leagues for threes. He might start if Harris is out, but I wouldn't look at him as an absolute priority 12-team league guy. Aldridge was fine, 15-8. and eight. That's worthy of being a 12-team league player. While the Shark, Bruce Brown, had six and seven. Baby shark, and he's like a 14-team league guy only. On to the Thunder. Gildas Alexander, 30 minutes, 23.6 rebounds and three threes. Yeah, it's totally fine. Lou Dort with another solid scoring game. No, my son is also named Bort. He had some foul trouble, so he was down at 27 minutes, but 20 points, I think, for the third consecutive game. Three threes and a steal. 71st over the last two weeks. He probably should be a 12-team league category guy. He had 26 fantasy points in this one as well. Um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, another start. That's two in a row, and I think he starts tomorrow. 22 minutes for him, 2.8 rebounds. Good deeper league ad. Well, Josh Giddy struggled for the about third consecutive game. Six points on 20% shooting. Five rebounds, four assists, and a steal. I am holding Josh Giddy. This was bad. There's no doubt about that. But I am holding him. The shooting is a worry, though. Um, Baisley, who'd been playing well, played bad. Five points on 15% is shitful. And yeah, he, he's only just that 14-team league guy. 12-team points league, probably. But a 14-team league, category league player who's going to be up and down. And when we saw the real down of it, while Pokyshevsky had eight points in 20 minutes, he had a block, but he has really done nothing to uh, to majorly impress me at all this season. Fourth game of the day, the Charlotte Hornets. Now, in my pregame projections, 
I actually had the Hornets winning this game, and I'm not, I wasn't ballsy enough to put it into my Yahoo Best Bets article or even talk about it on, on the pregame show. Wish I had it now in hindsight, but it, it obviously worked out. Just didn't have the balls to do it. Curry had some hand issues in this one. Uh, the final score was 106 Charlotte, 102 Golden State. Curry did have a trip to the locker room with his hand. He ended up with 55 fantasy points in return to the game and had 24, 6, and 10 with three steals and a block but didn't shoot particularly well. Well, Draymond had 11, 6, and 6, and Wiggins had 28 and 6. A poor shooting night from Poole, who had 13 points in 29 minutes, but I guess the big change here was the play of John Kaminga. Only got 10 minutes, three minutes in the second half, but I thought he was pretty good out there. Nine points, five boards, two steals, and a block. He cut into Otto Porter's minutes, Damian Lee's minutes, and Nemanja Bielitsa's minutes. Deeper leagues, 20s, 16s, I'd consider adding Kaminga. Defensively, he was disruptive. Kerr spoke about him pretty um, glowingly after the game. I'm not thinking he's going to be a 12-team league guy, but his ability to generate defensive stats was always one of the key things for him coming into the draft or coming through the draft process. We worried about what his efficiency would be and yeah, how many stupid turnovers he would make that would limit his on-court time. But if he can be disruptive defensively immediately, there is a role there for him. So just keep an eye on what he does. Gary Payton, the doctor, he is um, still rostered in far too many 12-team leagues, but he did get two steals, and he does have value as a steal streamer. On to the Hornets. LaMelo, I don't think he's ever going to miss free throws again, apparently. 21-7-5 with three steals and four threes. 47% shooting. He remains excellent. While Terry Rogier had a nice empty, well, not really empty, actually, 20 points uh, for him. No rebounds and one assist, but one steal and two blocks. Not often you get more steals and blocks than you do rebounds and assists, but that's what Rogier did. Good to see him have a nice, efficient scoring night. Well, same with Miles Bridges. 42 minutes for Bridges. 22 points with eight rebounds. And Cody Martin played 28 minutes because Kelly Oubre was ejected. 12 points, eight rebounds, and two steals. Martin is not a 12-team league player outside of a steal streamer. Oubre is not a 12-team league player either. So, Jack, what do you reckon? Get that garbage out of here! I agree. Oubre should not be rostered in 12-team leagues, I don't think. Plumley six assists is interesting. He's fine for some 12-teamers, but really not for most. Well, Haywood had a poor night, 10 points in his 31 minutes. We know that Thanksgiving is coming up. Thanksgiving is known for food. It's known for family, but mostly food, let's be honest. But a lot of that food, especially the dessert, is super high in calories. So instead of that slice of pie, why don't you introduce Built Bar to your family gathering and start a new Thanksgiving tradition. Crack open a box, smell the 100% real chocolate on the bars, and know that you are digesting just 130 calories versus 300 plus for a slice of pie. You'll be the hero of Thanksgiving. Aunt Betty will be sitting over there, and she'll be like, going, oh, I wish I didn't have to eat this dessert, but it's so delicious. It's killing my cholesterol and my weight. And you go, oh, Betty, relax. I've got just the thing for you. It is Built Bar. It is not only delicious, but it is going to cut down your calories in a gigantic proportion. She's going to go, Josh, you're a legend. I'm going to say, I am. But so are Built Bar. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and save 15% on your boxes of Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar and Thanksgiving dessert ever. All right, let's go on to the next game. It is an absolute ass-kicking by the Phoenix Suns over the Rockets. They win at 115.89 in the end. JaVale McGee, 25 minutes, 19 and 14 with a steal and three blocks, replacing DeAndre Ayton. It wasn't Frank Kaminsky today, but I want to throw something out there just for discussion. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm just asking questions, even though I am, but how come that in replacement of DeAndre Ayton, JaVale McGee is able to have big games, Frank Kaminsky is able to have big games, but DeAndre Ayton isn't. 
maybe that's being a little bit too simplistic because Aiton can have some big games. We've had, if you got a 19 and 14 game with three blocks from Aiton in 25 minutes, you'd be bones hiling at it. You'd be firing up. If you got what Kaminsky was doing from Aiton, you'd be like, this is amazing. But when Aiton's out there, he can't do that. And again, maybe that's just me not picking out like, you know, Aiton might do it five times out of 30, but these blokes are doing it like every second game. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. And I don't know when Aiton's coming back either, to be honest. Monty Williams says it's a conditioning thing. All right. I don't even know what the bloody problem with, with his leg was to begin with. A conditioning from what? No one has actually told us what the problem was. Chris Paul continues to be insane. He is the 12th ranked player this year. He had seven steals. My guy, calm down. In under 30 minutes, he's been ridiculous. And Booker continues with the big assists. Six assists, two steals, 26 points. Shit shooting, but good scoring. Um, Jay Crowder. Should we do it? Yeah, let's go. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Five points, but he did have two blocks. And Mikhail Bridges, I think it's a bit of a buy low for Bridges. No defensive stats, 14 and 6. Pretty rough numbers. He's only 91st this year. I wasn't quite as high on him as, as some others were this year, but I didn't think he'd be this bad. I think there's improvement to come from here for Bridges. It's just on this team, it does make it hard for him to really you know, spread his wings. He's got a very, very defined role. And if he's not generating defensive stats, his overall fantasy numbers do suffer. Kaminsky had six points in 23 minutes. Yeah, he's fine as a streamer, Frankie, when DeAndre Ayton's out, but he's probably just going to go back to being out of the rotation later on. For the Rockets, there is some interesting stuff here. After the game, Stephen Silas was asked, are you possibly looking, oh sorry, are you looking at changing the starting lineup given how poor the starts have been to games? And Silas, ever um, elaborative and forthcoming, said possibly. What that means, I don't know. We all cross our fingers, cross our toes, tie our dick in a knot. That's how excited we are, hoping that it's Alperen Sengun that's going to start. But it could be as simple as Eric Gordon coming in and annoying the shit out of us. Maybe it's KJ Martin replacing Daniel Tice. I don't know. We hope it's Alperen Sengun. Just make sure make sure Sengun is not on the waiver wire. He was great in this game, Sengun. 22 minutes, 10 and 10, 4 assists. Gordon had 12 points in 22 minutes. Good numbers. Well, KJ Martin, 6 points, 2 blocks. He can be a fantasy relevant player in 25 minutes. Whether they change the lineup or not for tomorrow, I don't know. But it is worth watching for sure. Um, the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate was shithouse. Zero points in 21 minutes. He's under 30 for three consecutive games in minutes. His upside is very low. Like It's it's not that high. And if you want to move on, I don't think there's any problem with that. He'll have games where it's good and games where it's shithouse. If you want to move on, who cares? I don't think his upside is high enough to care enough. Tice had eight points in 18 minutes. You can drop him in 12 team as well. Wood had 17 and eight. He's just been a consistent disappointment. But you want to talk consistent disappointments, do we go to Kevin Porter or Jalen Green first? Cousin Kev had 12, 6, and 6 with two threes and two steals. And guess what? He was shit out at shooting. 33%. We knew he would be bad at percentages. I didn't think he'd be this bad this consistently. Like, I was one of the lowest people on Kevin Porter in terms of his on-court ability. But I still thought he could put up good fantasy numbers. So far, I've been very wrong on that. Like, very wrong. He's the 161st ranked player. I would not drop him. But I think most people would grasp the fact that he's not as good of a prospect as many were hyping him up to be. And I obviously got it wrong on his fantasy projection so far for this season. Jalen Green's been shit as well. 12 points on 29%. There are flashes there, but this is not a top 200 player so far. Actually, it's not true. 195th. And it's getting worse. I am still holding. I'll hold till Thanksgiving probably. And I think he will come in with some top 100 numbers later on. 
But at this point, he's just lost. Like, he's just got no idea. And the shooting is just way off. It's nowhere near where it needs to be. And if you're not doing anything else, then what's the point of you? If you're in a real hole, like you're one and three after four weeks and you've got Green and Porter stinking your lineup out up, one of them's got to go, I think. I don't think you can continue to hold two absolute turd sandwiches. Not talking about them as blokes, but as terms of their fantasy contribution. I don't think you continue to hold them. The Rockets are dreadful, man. They're 1-10 and 10 now for the season. They are uh, really, really quite bad. Is there anything more to talk about with Houston? I reckon that might have covered all of it. Let's go on to the next game of the day and some other interesting developments in this one. The Portland Trailblazers got smashed by the Nuggets. 124-95. Well, the Portland Trailblazers didn't have Damian Lillard. That's true. The Nuggets also didn't have Michael Porter Jr. or Will Barton. The Blazers are in disarray. I do not think Chauncey Billups has been a good coach so far. And I'd say the results have borne that out. Simon started for Lillard, 28 minutes, 16-5-4. He is a must-grab player. But Lillard literally might be back next game. We just don't know that. Nasir Little, I think, is worth a grab, at least in 14-team leagues. He had 13-7 and seven with three threes, two steals, and a block. And I'm going to say something that might be controversial. I think he's better than Robert Covington. He's the 146th ranked player this year. Covington's 137th. And they are going absolutely in the opposite directions. Don't be surprised if at some point Little takes over from Covington. It might be some rough times in the interim, but he's worth a look. Norman Powell had 13 points. Rough night from him. While Dennis Smith, while Lillard's out, deeper leagues, look at Smith. He is not going to score anything. It's like Killian Hayes. But five assists and three steals, he's been a steel menace the last two years. Really good stuff. Um, as for Covington, three points in 19 minutes. I know I'm always hesitant to say I'm going to drop him because he will come back with a hot streak. But what I think is that the hot streaks this year will be less frequent and they'll last for shorter periods of time. In a 10-team league, I think you can Jack Armstrong him. In a 12, I'd be hesitant. But if he is your worst player and it's not remotely close, then he's got to go. It's just not working. Larry Nance, obviously not a 12-teamer. And just a shocking night from Yusuf Nurkic too. He just got um, wrecked as he was trying to get revenge on the Nuggets. A revenge game. Four points in 21 minutes for Nurkic in six rebounds. Um, it was bad, man. It was just really bad. Um, and despite you know, some of the struggles of Nurkic, he is the 56th ranked player this year. So for all of the, oh man, he's been, what a bust, what a disaster. He's ranked 56th, and you probably drafted him in the 50 to 60 zone. So he hasn't, but it is frustrating knowing that there is so much more that he could do if he got the minutes. And unfortunately, he doesn't. For the Nuggets, Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Big, big Chungus, big Chungus, big Chungus. Big he remains ridiculous. 28, 9, and 9, although he has been overtaken, I think, for number one in category leagues by Steph. Um, big game from him in 27 minutes. But let's talk about the big stiffy. We talked about him in the Waiver Wire show earlier today. I talked, you listened more, more accurately. With Will Barton, and I said, if Will Barton gets hurt, sky's the limit. Will Barton got hurt. He was in warm-ups, hurt his back, and didn't, didn't play. Highland only played 23 minutes, but this was a blowout. Jokic only played 28. All right. 18 points, four triples, three assists, and two steals. You cannot leave Bones Highland on the waiver wire. You've got to grab him until we figure out what's going on with Barton, but he's just too good to not have a role. You've got to grab him. I think Monty Morris has some at least 14-team appeal. 15, 7, and 4 with three steals for Monty. 
And um, Aaron Gordon struggled. 11 points in 29 minutes. And Austin Rivers, who was the spot start for Barton, had two points. Highland is better than Doja, than um, Campazzo, than Rivers. He's better than these guys already. Vision, shooting, scoring. You got to grab him in all 12, 10 leagues, I think. The Barton injury, it's opened it up. It's there. It might not work out, but you got to grab him. That's what the point is. It's not about this is guaranteed to happen. You have to grab him to see what happens from here and to see what his role is and to see where Malone pushes him into the rotation. He's not leaving the rotation. Forget that bullshit. He's in it. But is he 20 minutes or is he 25? If he's 25, he's a 12-team league option, I think. And we'll see how that all plays out. But he has been super impressive after the nonsense that was Michael Malone not playing him to begin the season, which was obviously stupid at the time and uh, looks stupid at now in hindsight. All right, let's go to the last game of the night. We are looking at, who are we looking at? The Chicago Bulls and the Indiana Indiana Pacers, Jesus Christ. The Chicago Bulls and the LA Clippers. The Bulls win it on the road against a team that was playing really well. The um, Clippers, uh, 100 to 90. DeMar DeRozan was awesome again in 38 minutes, 33 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. That's insane efficiency. 73 from the field and 91 from the line. Well, Levine had 29 points, including a uh, questionable shot late that uh, really sealed the game. It was a weird shot, but it went in. 29 points, 6 triples, and 7 rebounds for Levine. Caruso elevated into the starting lineup. I have to think that this is something to do with the fact that Kobe White's going to return tomorrow. 39 minutes for Caruso. Only 7 points. But nine rebounds, five assists, three steals, and a block. He shot 18%, so obviously could have been a lot better. He still remains a 12-team league guy on the basis of his assists and steals, though. Lonzo Ball struggled a bit, 10-5 and five with three assists and three steals, but that's still not too bad. 29% is terrible. And Javante Green moved to the bench. Had some nice plays, but for fantasy, he doesn't mean much. And again, White is going to play. And that means Green and Desomnu are going to lose out. Now, Desomnu played uh, in some closing lineups in, in this game or towards the end of the game. He had six points in 19 minutes, while Tone Bradley had four and five in 24. Bradley still remains a bit of a streamer if you need some big man stats with Vooch on the sidelines. For the Clippers, Paul George was great, 27 and 11, as was Eric Bledsoe, another big game from him, 36 minutes, 21 and six with two triples. At this point, Bledsoe is a 12-team league guy. That may change but he was great. Well, Zubat's only played 23 minutes, but had four blocks. The 23 minutes concerns me a little bit, considering Serge Ibaka wasn't there, but his numbers are good enough to be a 12-team league guy, as are Batum's, who had five and seven with two assists, a steal, and a block. Stinking night shooting-wise for Reggie Jackson, just 24% for 13 uh, points, but three threes, two steals, a block, remains a 12-team league guy, and I don't think that Terrence Mann is. Eight points, two triples for him. He's getting a lot of minutes. He's not really doing all that much with them. And I just don't see how he turns that into being a 12-team a league type situation. Now, let's have a look and update here on the Locked On Championship League, the Roto League. We'll do the head-to-head -head one tomorrow. The Beloveds still leads. My team is in fourth. Actually, they just jumped up to third on the final siren of that uh, last game. So we're up to third. We are 32 games, I think, behind the team in second place and 27 games behind the team in first. I am a fair distance behind them in terms of Roto points. The, that team, the Beloveds, they're well ahead, but uh, I'm pretty confident that we're going to come home pretty strong in this um, situation. And then it is time, of course, for the monstrous line of the night and the other lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night is Trey Young. The waiver wire line of the night is JaVale McGee, who has streaming value while Aiton is out. The young gun of the night, of course, is LaMelo Ball. And the dud of the night goes to Mr. 13% himself, Darius Baisley. 
Let's look at the top producers across category leagues and across points leagues today then. Number one was Young. Davis, Anthony Davis was two. Big Chungus was three. JaVale was at four. Steph was at five. Durant was at six. DeRozan at seven. James Harden at eight. DeJounte Murray at nine. And Paul George at 10. In terms of guys rostered in under 50% of leagues, McGee, then Paddy Mills, then Bones Highland, the big stiffy. Monty Morris, we know that those guys are 12 and 14 team league respectively, I think ads for Highland and Morris. Anthony Simons is a short-term 12-team ad. Nasir Little is an interesting 12-team league ad. Don't be surprised after Chauncey Billups' post-game comments that Little moves into the starting lineup. I wouldn't be shocked with that. PJ Dozier, Wayne Allington, Taylor Horton Tucker, who can be a short-term 12-team ad, and then Eric Gordon. Then lastly, in points leagues, Top 10 were Davis, Young, Murray, Steph Curry, Durant, Jokic, Paul George, McGee, DeRozan, and Devin Booker. That will do it for us today. Check out Locked on Hawks while you're at it. They might have some more information on the DeAndre Hunter wrist injury. Be good to check in on those guys. Um, well, not those guys, just Brad. Brad hosting Locked on Hawks over there. Don't forget to follow this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're on YouTube, give me a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.